So uh, this is uh, <coughs> this is part two, or as Raphael would say, part B. So there's a lot to uh, the inner aspect, and there's a lot to the secret aspect, and there's a lot to the outer aspect. So let's take our time on, on these two. But So just to recap a little bit, and then Nathan has a question, maybe some others have a question, is that the discovery of the essential nature of phenomena of mind is a secret aspect. The discovery of awareness itself, not observation of awareness, but the experience of the unity of consciousness and awareness, or the experience of what awareness actually is, I'm not talking about an object, uh, or the transcendental, uh, is the secret aspect of mindfulness. Another way of putting this uh, which has been said by some um, uh, great Tibetan yogins, is ultimately mindfulness is the mind. So ultimately the contemplation, the, mi- the meditation, becomes mindfulness itself, which is mind. So as, and I'll give you a clue. The clue is that mind is always attentive to something. The question is, what's it attentive to? So once it's harnessed, it becomes the question of what is this life experience? What is this internal experience that feels like it's attending to the outer or attending to the inner, but it's no such thing? It's an experience of mind. It's an experience, so you're asking, Lydia, what is mind? That becomes the overwhelming question. You could say, what's the nature of experience? What's the nature of consciousness? It becomes the, the big question that's been asked for thousands of years. There is no intellectual resolution to it. It is transcendental in the sense that it is beyond speech. But it can be framed with words. But it's never um, satisfactory unless one has had profound experience of it because it just simply doesn't usually make mistakes. There's always conundrums. There's always quandaries. It always feels like a Zen answer. But for beings that have been immersed in those experiences, it's perfectly obvious. In the same way that a turtle, no, not a turtle, a fish, a parrotfish in the reef uh, encounters a turtle and they talk. And the turtle says to the parrotfish, no, the parrotfish says to the turtle, what have you been doing lately? And the parrotfish says, I've been uh, actually on land laying eggs. What's land? Well, you see, there's a beach. And there's trees. Are you nuts? What's a beach? Well, maybe, maybe a, um, a porcupine fish would know what a beach is. But most parrotfish would say to the turtle, Are you crazy? What are you talking about beach? Tell me what a beach is. Well, there's little grains of sand and, you know, you mean it's like water? No, 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 it's not like water. And there's these things that grow up and they're like tree trunks and there's these big round things that everyone's to fall on the ground they go boom. And there's these two-legged creatures that walk around and try to steal our eggs. 
are you weird? So, so trying to describe what is grace, what has changed a life, what has changed a view globally, uh, is the secret aspect, not because anybody's trying to keep it a secret. Some people do. Uh, but in the teaching of Dharma, um, it's, it's not allowed, really. It's, it's open. But it feels secret. Why? Because it's hidden to that, to a being who's full of delusion. Delusion about what phenomena is. Straightforward. Anybody be- believes that an object of experiences out there is deluded. Not bad, they're just deluded. Now, if you say that normally among most company, they'll think you're an idiot. But if you say that to a neurophysiologist, they would say, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course we know that. But it's different to know it than to actually experience it as a life experience, as a profoundly life-changing experience where all phenomena feel in consciousness. Not out there, but actually in consciousness, not separated from your organism, from your experience of, organ, of, of your being. So that's, it's secret because it's hidden, not because anybody's gone and hidden it, but it's like finding another describing another country, and you've never been there. So. And yet, the other country is always right there before you. And that's how you can hear this talk. That's how you can go snorkeling. That's how you can drive a car. That's how you can answer a cell phone. That's how you can have uh, babies. That's how you can go fly in a plane. Does it make does it understand? Because there's something very, very aware and knowing going on, but usually the mind is so busy, it, can't, it doesn't want to attend to it. So how many minutes ago did your organism know that the boat was coming? But you didn't. I guaranteed by the time the boat left the dock, something in your organism already knew, picked it up, but not you, that the boat had left. Do you need to know that for liberation? No. But you do need that kind of heightened awareness to be able to focus on what's actually happening to mental phenomena. That level of heightened awareness and mindfulness needs to be directed to the thing that happens all day long, which is not this or that experience, but all the nature of all experience, or you lose it. Another way of saying that is you could spend the rest of your life cataloging objects of consciousness and never find, find out what is experience. And that's what we do. We catalog and sort and sift through things, but we don't ask the essential question, which is, what is the nature of all experience? That's freedom. Okay. Your boat is here. It's here to take you away. And before you go, Nathan, you had a question? It might be. You you said um, non-thinking was bliss? For some people. 
for for many people when they have the experience or experiences of the settling of the mind and non-thinking it's profound bliss profound profound bliss like the, they've never had in their life before the um, the action or the the experience of a stare when people stare they're not thinking that's right but they're not aware of that quality of non-thinking. It's not, it's not sustained enough with awareness to become entrained where all of a sudden it runs through your nervous system, not just in your head or your, 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 your feel, but it actually runs through you as a physiological experience of, of blissful unity, of non-thinking blissful unity. Yeah, because what you do is you, 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 what you want to do in meditation is essentially take all those little attentive moments and like a locomotive, I, I know this is olden days, but locomotive, we can talk about this, but locomotive is you want to put each, loco, each uh, car in the train together until neurologically it becomes entrained in your nervous system. And once there's enough cars linked moving in the same direction, it starts to flow. That's what people call the experience of flow, the experience of, of mindfulness, experience of concentration. Once you have it long enough, it runs through just like that. And it can last for a second, it lasts for a minute. If you're very experienced, it can last for hours, eventually days. But initially, all that happens is the, all those attentive moments get strung together and it goes like, a, um, like melted butter, like that, it flows. And you get this extraordinary experience. What we want to do is make sure that you learn how that experience happens and you learn the factors about how it happens so it becomes so normal that you're not going, wow, man, that was incredible, like a drug high. It's just your normal experience. It's just, wow, this is what it's like. But it's not far out. It's just normal. Okay. It's called entrainment. It's like a cascade through the nervous system. Yeah, cascade. And it's neurological because you'll feel the hormone. You won't feel the hormones, but you'll feel a flood of movement through your uh, sensation, through your body, which is the secretion of neurochemicals. And you just go, just like falling asleep. When you fall asleep, you feel like someone's injecting you with a narcotic. When you feel blissful, you feel like someone's filled you with oxytocin or love drug or, or something. You go, whoa. Hormonal. And you can actually measure it in the blood. Just pick it up. Go. Wow, they're full of oxytocin. Even a wedding, you can measure everybody who attends a wedding and measure the oxytocin levels. And statistically, females who are getting married, the, mar the female who's getting married has a higher oxytocin level than the male. And as you get further out in the familial relationships, the oxytocin level drops off. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that neat? And actually, you can do a graph, and it actually drops off as the familial relationship diminishes. Isn't that cool? Okay, I think that's... But that's, that's, that's the case. It's funny. Well, let's share the merit. Let's share the power by, by whatever uh, powerful or good activity we've gathered today. Uh, may all beings experience it. May it lead to the cessation of suffering for all beings. And may all beings be well and happy. May all beings be in a continuum of freedom, the perfect unity of wisdom and compassion. Good.